Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with... What's going on? This is Mark Adam Haggerty, the voice of Chikara. And with King of Trios and our season finale behind us, I am looking forward to an historic 21st season with Chikara. You are currently listening to the World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Take it away, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty tired. I've been up all night with my child who had a nightmare, and then I couldn't leave the room. Me too. <laughs> Not even joking. <laughs> Literally, my kid woke up seven, eight times last night, like panting and screaming and all sorts. So yeah, we're yeah. on the same wavelength. So get ready. Either this is going to be delirium and comedy gold, or this is going to be <laughs> one of our worst podcasts we've ever done. Luckily, the content's great. And can we say immediately thank you to Mark Adam Haggerty for the introduction? Woo-hoo! What a lovely man. Check him out at, at Mark A. Haggerty on Twitter. Give him a follow. Oh man, yeah, it was really kind of him because I sent him a DM to say, because we've had conversations before, I think we've explained this on a previous episode of the pod, me and Mark Haggerty, where we both went for a same commentary job and he got it and I did not. I don't think we've talked about this in the pod. I don't remember this at all. okay. Interesting. At the tail end of 2018, um, there was a promotion in the, the Midlands. I think it might have been Wrestling Resurgence, possibly. Okay, cool. Um, and they were looking for a commentator. Um, Matt Huntley pointed out to me, and then I put my name forward. Guy took it on board. but I th- And obviously, Mark Haggerty also put his name forward. Bigger name in the industry. Completely understand. Great voice, great tone. And it was great for him to get it. But I sent him a DM to say congratulations. Followed a bit of dialogue. And then when we said we'd do the trios, I thought, well, let's chance a hand. And obviously, name job. I mean, Conan's done one. Clang! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people can get on in the pro wrestling industry. It seems like a lovely idea. Yeah, exactly. Like performance art. And he sent all a here to help each other, really. And he was so nice. He even sent a message saying, I'm really sorry I'm a couple of days late with this. Like, you're doing something nice for us for free. You're taking time yeah, out sure. of your busy schedule to, to do stuff for us, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, tonight, we are doing Shikara's King of Trios, Night 2, the second part of our trilogy. So, if you miss part one make sure you go back in our archives listen to that first at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify acast whatever your podcast app of choice is so go back and listen to that one first if you haven't listened to night one before and while you're at it make sure you head over to amazon.co.uk buy yourself a world of wrestling podcast t-shirt now cm punk's back you know he's trying to get in on our merch money exactly so if you don't (laughs) if you don't like cm punk buy our shirt instead because, you know, he doesn't need it. He's got that Fox money now. Exactly. If you're wondering why we're talking about CM Punk, go to Amazon.co.uk, put in World of Wrestling Podcast, have a look at the t-shirt. You might like it. And again, if you've got a wrestling fan, wrestling friend, want to get them something for Secret Santa, £15. 15 quid for the best podcast in the world. <laughs> Hey, much? We've got Conan and Mark Haggerty at the start of our podcast, and we don't have people's like living in a shed where you keep hearing like clanging noises. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So we've got one little bit of admin to do. This week, we or last week actually, we didn't do a pod because we recorded the Super Quiz Cup number three. Uh, we've got two more people we need to announce. One that obviously, because we put out the clip during the week, you might know who it is. Will Power is going to be on this episode. Outstanding to have Will Power join us. Uh, his song was absolutely amazing. If you didn't listen to it in the podcast feed, go back one episode 
episode because I uploaded it to our feed, so it's on Spotify and everything. Apparently, his daughter was very impressed that he was on Spotify. <laughs> so oh, wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Happy to make that dream come true. You know, that's lovely. Uh, we've also got our buddy Nick on the Super Quiz Cup, too. He's been on a couple of podcasts in the past as well. So those are our four competitors. You, Coach Wicked, Will Power, and Nick will compete for the Super Quiz Cup number three. I mean, as you can tell with Super Quiz Cups, if you've watched them in the past or listened to them in the past, you'll know that it's basically just a bunch of wrestling fans doing essentially eight out of ten cats, but with wrestling. Pretty much, man. It's all pro wrestling trivia from a lot through, like, a lot of the time period of professional wrestling. There's a lot more modern stuff in this one that I put in the last few. Yeah. So I wanted to try and make it a bit more relevant for maybe a slightly younger audience than just us old 80s, 90s boys, you know? And so this is going to be released on New Year's Eve. There's going to be an audio version coming to your podcast platforms, but there's also going to be a video version. And I've seen a sneak peek of this. You your have. fantastic mastery of video editing. And provided that wwe don't watch it <laughs> we should be okay we should be okay as long as i don't use their audio i think we'll get away with it but you'll see there's clips everything sounds professional when we say <laughs> we'll get away with it <laughs> so make sure you subscribe on youtube because it may get taken down so subscribe get the email notification watch it as soon as it comes up because we've put some things in there that we might not have been allowed to put in there sure exactly shikara King of Trios Night 2 was filmed on the 5th of October 2019. We are back at the same place we were for Night 1, the Goodwill Beneficial Association Hall in Reading, Pennsylvania, US of A. USA, USA. And this, you might be able to tell, was now a Saturday night. Lovely. So the fans were a little bit more excited. Boisterous, I think is yeah, the term. Yeah, boisterous. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, so again, we're watching on Shikaratopia, their subscription service. Uh, really good quality stream. I'll put it out there. Yeah. One of the things I'm very impressed with, it works every time. For this show, I thought I'd do something different because Ooh. I know a lot of people watch wrestling on their tablets and everything when they're commuting or if they're at home because I tend to watch mine either on my laptop or on my TV because I'm old and I like watching things on my TV. Sure. I watch this whole it's show. It's nice to watch them on bigger TVs yeah. and stuff rather than just small monitors, you know. But today, uh, well, essentially from the early hours of this morning whilst having to sit in a room to make my daughter realise I hadn't gone away I was w listening with my wireless Bluetooth headphones and watching it on my phone nice work alright yeah obviously Good. watching wrestling on a, on a small screen is not anywhere near as enjoyable as sitting down with a bar of chocolate kicking back nice and relaxed sure but it was it was good and the quality I don't think was hindered there's a little bit on the audio there's a little bit of like tinniness that's the same thing they had last time where it goes slightly out of sync i think yeah. it's to do with frame rates like i won't bother you too much about it but it means the audio is slightly out of sync at times and the way nandy phrased it because i was listening to it on speakers my other half she went not the speakers nandy <laughs> <laughs> because i was listening to it on the speakers she went to me why are there robots in the background and i was like yeah yeah it's what it is i mean in fairness though with shikara it could have been robots in the background could have been indeed yeah yeah so um this is also available on independentwrestling.tv as well where i think it was streamed live uh, i'm not sure because obviously we're watching it uh, afterwards on the remastered versions as they put it we get a collection of commentators for tonight uh, we get bryce remsberg jason heat mike quackenbush and i believe it's actually sydney Bacavella who's the director of fun yeah not mike heat that we said on the last one. <laughs> oh, sorry uh jason heat on the last one yeah so yeah what do you think of the commentators tonight the same as last last episode I really enjoyed it. Nice and comforting. Always telling the story. Yeah, sure. Obviously, we had the narrative from watching Night One as well. But if you hadn't watched Night One, you'd know exactly where you were. Yeah. I think uh, Quackenbush especially. 
yeah is much improved like um, he's always been pretty good but oh my lord there's two or three matches in this show where i was enthralled in his commentary i i may have missed the boat and this might have already happened this month but if it hasn't check out fight club pro because quack is doing a seminar at fight club pro i don't know if it's already happened i think it might have happened a couple of days ago if it's still available get on a train get anywhere get some way to get to fight club pro and go and learn from quack yeah he seems like an amazing teacher his knowledge is it's out of this world yeah. it's incredible and you always sit there and go oh well if he's just doing stuff with alexa bliss and some of the guys at the pc mm. ww don't just let no anybody walk through those doors although chris sabin is there <laughs> <laughs> brutal <laughs> so how's your band sabin how's your band I quite like their music, him and Shelley's band. I quite liked yeah, them. But... Come on, Sabin. <laughs> anyway. Get a fucking haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the cool Shakara stinger. Which is the horrible, idea. I really like Chris Sabin. I don't know why I've done that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's all banner, mate. So uh, the Shakara ident at the beginning, the stinger, really lovely quality. Uh, we jump into voiceovers with the match graphics running down tonight's card. Immediately, I noticed two things. We've got the Raid of Voladores, which we always have at King of Trios, the King of the High Flyers. Yep which is always great fun. And we'll also, they announced here at the beginning, which I thought they might save for a surprise, we're going to have Crucible versus Crucible here. Yeah. The two Rudo teams of the same stable against each other already in the quarterfinals. Oh, so uh, we thought maybe after watching night one, this could happen. They could have Crucible, Crucible. Yeah. So it's nice that it came through. Very, very nice. Anything else that stood out for you as soon as they announced matches and such? I mean, blank versus still life. And knowing now the backstory for the whole season of how they got to where they are, which we'll get to when we get to the match. Cool. I was really happy that we got to see both of them, especially Blank. Blank looks jacked now. Yeah, yeah Insane. absolutely. I enjoyed their match, but we'll talk about it yeah. in a bit. So uh, we get the Shikara podcast, the go-go music hit. I used to feel down, <laughs> now I feel better. Uh, and out comes Mark Adam Haggerty, our good buddy at the podcast. Friend of the show. <laughs> in a beautiful, shiny, sparkly, golden black number with a red bow tie. He's a suave motherfucker. I mean, oh, I nearly got... <laughs> no. I'm trying not to swear again. Um it was a shame that we had this sport at the end of episode uh, episode one. I didn't go back and see if night one's been updated to have the big popper pump match put in there now. I didn't go back and check. I can update. I tweeted Quack. I tweeted Shakara. Uh, no reply. So, yep, as I expected. We'll see. But I, I said I should have just gone back and looked at the streaming service to see if they've updated it. They might have. We'll, we'll check it for episode three. How about that? Yeah. So, uh, he is, uh, Mark Adam Haggerty is closely followed by Bryce Remsberg. Thank God. Love the man. Uh, Haggerty is just a ball of energy. Gets the crowd going. Really impressive. Like, I'm not just saying that because he's been nice and done a forward for the pod. He's bloody good at his job. Yeah. yeah. That is textbook ring announcer. They're in. They're up for it. And he's geeing them along. Sure. Um Immediately, it's the I know it's the same set from night one. Everything obviously just left overnight yeah. or whatever. But the production seems more organised in terms of cameras and such. They've still got all the same rigs, the same cameras, but they're in focus. The settings seem better. They're not cutting to as many cameras as often. It's just simplified. More like I always kind of want indie wrestling to feel. I want to feel like I'm there, not like I'm watching some sparkly, ridiculously overproduced production. You know what I mean? I want it to be good and not distracting, but I want it to be simple. I likened night one to when World of Sport came back in the UK and you just had cut, 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 cut from all, sure. uh, an array of different angles. And as you said, people aren't impressed of, oh, great, you've got 12 cameras and a button because you've got a switcher. Yeah. Great. We well, make wrestling. it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't watch the wrestling, you know. And especially with the quality of Shakara's product, like you just want to 
enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you can even hear Quackenbush and Bacavella on commentary yeah, clearly. And I'm nice. like, yes, come on. And as you said, there are a few little mess ups as the show goes along here and there. But generally, it was so much better produced than night one. Yeah, hands down. Like I tweeted you, I messaged you going, oh, it's so much better. I've been really enjoying it. And then i spoke too soon <laughs> there's a few little bits of audio but they fixed it at the beginning of every match yeah. so sometimes it goes out there's little mistakes but it's very very minor compared to night one so i'm really happy about it so our opening match of the night the raid of Voladora's 2019 semi-final four-way elimination match of danger hawk jude the dude london versus matt diamond versus the whisper so different match graphics i immediately noticed yeah. a red and white kind of flashy lightning motion with a kind of blue sphere of awesomeness coming unveiling it. It was really cool. So again, I did my research. So we saw the Velocities in the mm. last match and they got eliminated from the trios. Who are Jude the Dude and Matt Diamond, who are Aussie lot. But Whisper won this tournament two years ago yep. and he was under Ophidian's guise, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was a pretend Ophidian, like a faux Ophidian. So now the whole concept is that he's come back to try and reclaim his glory but without Ophidian and maybe with the pomp and allure and enjoyment of the fans. They seem very much into Whisper for someone who is clearly uh, a dastardly dick in the past. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty much a rudo in the past as far as I'm aware. And this is the first time the fans start to embrace him as yeah. much as I understand. Obviously, I haven't watched all the Shakara before this, but again, commentary do a good job of talking about this as well and putting the story over yeah. so it was really fun uh, I'm gonna miss you like oh the whisper's got yo-yo skills that's awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> comes out with the yo-yo doing tricks and things it's out there everyone needs a gimmick <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me uh, so yeah, so the Velocity guys are from PWA Australia. Thank you, Quackenbush, for putting this on commentary, because I wouldn't have known otherwise. PWA, Pro Wrestling All-Stars from Belgium. <laughs> Make sure you check those out with Tech Williams commentary. <laughs> Is it PWA? Yeah. Wow. So, sorry. I, have you done a few episodes now? I've done there. I did uh, Catch a Rama 2019, which is available for free on Turnbuckle TV. You can awesome. watch it. Awesome. I'll have to check this out. Seriously, to ask you, yeah. seriously, check out the entrance of UFO Joe. I'm going to watch the whole show at some point. I've never seen this guy before, but his entrance is amazing. <laughs> uh, we, we'd, be, we'd slam the commentator. It wouldn't would be good for my ego. <laughs> so the opening four-way knuckle lock spot is pretty awesome. They're in a four-way knuckle lock, but then they're doing like backflips and like arm things. I don't know how to describe it. It was it's like incredible. A mix-match can-can British Bulldog gymnastic just, lesson all holding on to each other it, it defied physics at times how yeah. they could still be holding on in this whole well the quad, four people quadruple hold how do you organize this i oh, just do it don't you swing it <laughs> just swing it yeah call it. it in the ring mate you know like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just impressive you can imagine like in the tiny little locker room they must have this place in reading pennsylvania in this case mm. of Oh, we've run out of room. Should we go and do it in the parking lot? Yeah, right. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I came to an SCPW show, like down with your training center thing where you're kind of doing yeah. the, the spot show sort of things. Yeah. And I walk up and there's two half-naked dudes outside in the car park just doing like throwing arms. I was like, oh yeah, we should try this. I'm like, wow, awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is Brit Rest. That was so cool. That um, is SCPW Snapshot, which you can still see episodes of on the YouTube channel. Just look... Uh, youtube.com forward slash SEPW wrestling yeah i'll just search SEPW wrestling yeah. you know find them southeast pro so uh, the crowd are super super into this match i mean the inv word inventive does not do this justice it's so amazingly i don't know this creative beautiful interesting like it's it's silly at times which is what you want from this product exactly you know this is a match as a commentator i would not want to call because <laughs> how do you call it exactly there's just i mean there, there are some um <laughs> like some move callings like it's a, 
our top-level Tope Concertina. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's so impressive, man. So uh, Quack, again, is really, really good on commentary. We get a massive big mushroom stomp from Diamond. Uh, and 1-2-3 eliminates Danger Hawk, uh, leaving the Whisper alone with the Velocities, lads. And you kind of you feel what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't disappoint. So Jude, Jude the Dude at one point does his Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And I'm like, oh, why? Ruined. Why it. do all Australian wrestlers do this? Can you imagine like every British wrestler getting in the ring in America and be like, England, <laughs> England. Like, in, in fairness, though, we do do the annoying thing where the English fans go, oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, you're all wankers. Yeah, kind of. But not every British wrestler ever in a different no, country. No, but British wrestling fans. Yeah, but I'm talking about Australian yeah. wrestlers. Every single Australian wrestler I've ever seen at some point in the ring will just be like, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. I've never seen the Iconics do it. Even Australia, Australia, Australian Open do it. I'm like, why? What Aussie Open, sorry? <laughs> I, I, I look I look to when they become corporate wear suits and they become the Australian, Australian Open. Open. <laughs> anyway. A tennis tournament. <laughs> uh these guys start doing all Japan power moves for a bit and I mark out like crazy towards the end of the match. I was a big fan of this. Uh then Jude the Dude London rolls up his tag team partner, as you might expect. Oh, what a dick. For the one, two, three eliminating Matt Diamond. So we're left with Jude the Dude London and the Whisper. It's totally over. So, <laughs> yeah, for them, not the librarians. <laughs> Although the librarians are good, I love them. I think it's so funny. I think um, Peter Avalon is genuinely one of the most hilarious people in existence. And I, I, I will add to my general: people aren't a fan of what I like in wrestling. I really like Dark Order. I think they're brilliant. I think they're great too. Yeah, because they were Super Smash Brothers before, weren't they? Yeah. Have you yeah. seen the development of the gimmick? Because you haven't watched the last few shows, have you? Um, I've seen that they've been sort of trying to offer masks up to Marco's stunt. I haven't yeah. watched the show after that. It's become, uh, join us. You will enjoy this. You can improve your life and this get better. This is not a cult. Yeah. Oh, yes, please. It's got really, really interesting. They've just taken a step in the weird, like, oh, it's become smart and corporate, almost religious. Like, <clears throat> and, interesting. Yeah. And this is where things like Shakara do really well in line with AEW doing things exclusive. This isn't working as much as we like it how can we keep this the same but make it better and Absolutely. again th things like whisper the whisper in this it's worked from where it was two years ago yeah these character developments are amazing there's a, there's a line uh just to emphasize that's really funny when these what aussie dude eliminates the other aussie dude a quack on commentary goes that's going to be an awkward 17 hour flight home <laughs> <laughs> like i generally pissed myself laughing <laughs> that was so funny so one man spanish fly by jude remember every indie show last year you of course it's fucking spanish fly I haven't it, seen one for a few shows now. That's because this year it's a Tope Suicida! Because <laughs> like the move of the year almost, you know? Like yeah. Everyone's doing it now. It's the trend. It's the, it's the fad. 2017 was House Show Dive. 2018 was Spanish Fly. Hmm. This year is Tope Suicida. I'm really hoping next year it's just going to be Knuckle Locks. <laughs> Surely this year's Canadian Destroyers. Mm. The amount of... I'm, uh, who was it? Uh, Trent kicked out of one last night from Penta. And I was just like, why? Why did he just kick out of that? Don't do it if he's going to kick out. Anyway, so Argentine backbreaker position span into an inverted TKO by the Whisper. And I'm like, he is now my favorite wrestler. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Uh, explain the finish, Tax, because it's a bit messy. Well, no, I, this is what I was. someone might have described on commentary as a handspring 450. Off the top rope. Off the yeah. top rope. So essentially what the Whisper did, he was standing on the top rope, did a forward roll off the top rope, stood in front of his opponent, and did a splash. 
or, yeah. or what I'd like to call a Tex Williams 450. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I, I saw that... You can see that, what he's going for, yeah. but he doesn't quite get the spring off of his hands. Yeah. And so his feet hit the floor and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it just falls forward. I swore, God damn it. However, <laughs> I have now decided I'm doing that. <laughs> because it looked so... like. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, if if you can find this match, get get on to like Chikara Pro. Have a have a your seven day free trial and watch this. The whispers finish genuinely. If it was supposed to be a comedy move where he just does a front roll off the top rope, then stands up and then just falls flat yeah, yeah. on top of his opponent, absolutely nailed it. And that is now going to be called uh, Tax Williams Finisher. <laughs> a Tax Four Fifty. The Tax Four Fifty. <laughs> yep he's so oh, spinny amazing you could do it even just from the ground that'd be quite funny just like a forward roll and then just fall on them <laughs> <laughs> uh, book tax Williams in 2020 <laughs> for the one two three eliminating <laughs> Jude and going on to the raid of Voladores final tomorrow is the whisper really really great match shame about the finish the move before it should have been the finish because that was killer <laughs> yeah but I enjoyed this more yeah all uh, the silly finish yeah okay. it's brilliant he looked a bit embarrassed, to be totally honest. But it was interesting character development. Match was fun. Great opener. Really, really, really good. As my voice breaks. <laughs> Mine too. My throat's killing me today. <laughs> I think it's just exhaustion more than anything. So, King of Trio 2019 quarterfinal match. Fist, F-I-S-T of Icarus, Tony Deppen and Travis Huckabee. My new favourite trio. Oh my lord, they're amazingly good. Take on your new least favourite trio of the Carnies. The Carnies of Kerry Awful, Nick Iggy and Trip Cassidy. So, Deppen and Huckabee are the Campeonatas de Parejas, as we talked about before, they're tag team champions. Uh, another Nation of Domination reference is Fist turned their back to the camera and all left one hand in the air. And I'm like, that's like the third one of the last two shows. Um, Icarus shouts at Scott Steiner in the audience, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and then the commentator's like, oh, that's not Scott Steiner. Why did you wear chainmail in the crowd? <laughs> It's great. So Just good. a fan wearing the Scott Steiner gear and chainmail. Oh, the sarcasm on Bacavella's commentary was pretty good, man. It got over. It's nice to hear it properly. Yeah, I enjoyed know? it. So uh, lots of streamers tonight. Lots of streamers for every match. Uh, maybe they'd run out on Friday. Yeah, I don't remember there to... being this many streamers on Friday. No, I think there were some for the main, okay. which we obviously watched elsewhere. Well, yeah, we didn't have any choice. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, loads. This, this show there's, there's a really funny spot at the beginning of this match where Iggy give him his due picks up a streamer loves it huck, lobs it at Huckabee's head who sold it like death he sold it like it was a chair shot it was really really funny <laughs> commentators going about the importance of concussion protocol <laughs> 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 really good stuff man I'd be laughing so um, again loudmouth heel Icarus is best Icarus he's just hilarious He's such a good heel. Really, really fun. Yeah, easy to hate. Really easy to hate. Face to hate as well. He's, sure. He's got it yeah. absolutely nailed down. <laughs> I don't know why. I can see why they tried to turn him face because he was like the one old school guy that was still around and everything else like that. But um, part of him is is like, you think about like him, Hallow Wicked. Um, I'd put Dasher in there. I'd put Mr. Touchdown in there. Quackenbush. They've got a solid main event picture yeah. right now. This, I mean, this thing that's really impressed me with like, Shikara, they lost a lot of people over the last five years. Well, they, they certainly made reference to people like um, Chucky T and, they, and uh, Johnny Gagano. Claudio, as well. you yeah. know, like all the people under the mask that aren't there anymore that suddenly there's all these good indie wrestlers appearing on WWE and AEW and stuff, you know. Orange. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, like the, the fact that they built this back up through these little narratives and like the training and the progression, like, I'm, I'm really happy they don't manage to do this. And they seem to be in a really good place right now. 
I can't recommend this these company this company enough at this moment. We said this last week that yes, there are a few people on this roster who aren't completely up to speed yet. But when yeah. you're going to be doing these these trios tournaments, you want to fill it out and give people the opportunities, like like um like our ducky friends from uh, friends who team with Quack. Oh right, yeah, yeah, the one night one, yeah, yeah. They weren't great, but they were fun. Yeah, sure. and they they have a place in that roster. And as you said with Icarus. The two year, so even well, multiple years that he's been developing into this heel character, yeah, yeah, it pays off. Who would have thought the slow, considered booking works for a wrestling promotion? <laughs> sure, it's so funny how everyone. I, I will get back on this in a second. But how everyone's going on about how amazing Rey Mysterio is and everything, and I'm like, no, no, it's still Rey Mysterio that you've always known. No, it wasn't. It was Doink the Clown, <laughs> Doink versus Brock Lesnar, the dream match, and his and his kid. All right, all right. But <laughs> the point being that, what, like, you mean Cain Velasquez? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the illegitimate son. It turns out that Cain, Cain Velasquez person. is Eddie Guerrero's son. <laughs> They're all the same person. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, oh, man. That's, that's, well, oh, sorry, I popped myself. That was pretty funny. So, um, Kane's injured himself learning the flying burrito. But it's, oh, for fuck's sake, let me get to my point. <laughs> so everyone's going on and on about how great Ray is and stuff. It's because he's bo- booked against Brock, who's a bastard heel, and Ray's a lovable face. It's like, it's almost like some sort of face heel conundrum works in bro wrestling you know hang on we've booked a face to be a face no let's book let's book our top good guy to come across as an absolute prick did you see my tweet about uh uh what was it bray and dragon how he's a face that's been turned to a heel he's wrestling it a heel that's been a face but he turned heel last week but then he's back to face (laughs) it's like it's less than six months this has all happened all i'm just gonna say is don't wrestle bray what you're turning heel bala turned heel (laughs) rollins turned heel Unlucky dragon, you're going back to being heel. <laughs> he was just getting over his face again. Oh, anyway. So, um, Loudmouth Icarus is absolutely awesome. Iggy starts land, uh, starts chatting about a circus or something before the match starts, and he has a joke for us. Uh, which we've heard this joke several times before. Uh, there's this boy, and he likes this girl. So he asks her to prom. She says, of course I'll go to prom with you. Have you got the tickets yet? And he goes, no, I'll go to the front office and get them now. He goes to the front office and waits in line for five minutes. He waits in line for 10 minutes. He waits in line for, and Icarus interrupts him and goes, we get it. There's no punchline. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So he tries to tell a joke before every match and there's no punchline and people get annoyed with it. And Icarus is a heel for stopping him doing this. Yeah, great. Okay. Made me laugh though. I thought there'd be a punchline. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. I love Icarus's bit. But Icarus's uh, bit was the best part of the joke. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I just suggest that he, again, oh, this guy's trying to entertain as a carny mm. and he's been thwarted from telling his lovely joke. Yeah. Without a punchline. I, 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 just, I don't know. I just didn't get it. So let's move on. That's because <laughs> you need a punchline. <laughs> So uh, Iggy looks pissed. Icarus takes off the jacket to a chorus of boos, unveiling his horrible tattoo. Uh, Bryce has a giant red X from the apparently the uh, the pre-show muck around. What do they call it? I can't remember. Well, they have all the fans. The fan conclave, I think they call it. Oh, okay. Where they had a, a judging thing and they had those big red X's. God. And so he shows it to Icarus like, oh, like giving him a red card or whatever. Like, yeah, it's kind of funny. Oh, quick side note on the red card. Yes. You know, in a previous episode, we mentioned the great power Uti. Yeah. Well, uh, Will Power sent me a message and said there's a reason why we might not have heard from the Great Power Uti. Oh. He's in prison. Oh. <laughs> I thought the other one, but like, okay. <laughs> wow. Do and we that, know why? 
Well, I, I, I didn't de- delve any further other than, oh, well, he's in prison. But remember, if he had died, he would have been succeeded by the great power Mike. Because <laughs> that's what they, that's what I get. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to move on from this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is it for a podcast for another time, you know. Let's for the do... best of Uti. Yeah, absolutely. There must be a card out there with him headlining. We'll find it. Yeah, we'll find something. If you know of this amazing show, please send it to us at World of Rest Pod on Twitter. It'll only have two matches <laughs> in a massive stadium. Could be a great podcast, to be fair. So, Igoris and Iggy to start. Huckabee and Orph will do a grapple. They do kind of like technical grappling stuff. It's, it's quite impressive, really. Yeah. It's not great, but it's okay. I think we're spoiled because we've watched, watched loads of World of Rest... Uh, world of sport and stuff like that over the yeah. years so you know when we see other people trying to do it and it's not quite the same caliber it's like yeah it's all right yeah uh, but it was something different for the show yeah sure there's some two people do this very well later in the show but we'll get to that mm. so uh Deppen comes in to a uh, oh wow boots awful in the face which kind of kicks off the match he proper walloped him as he well he did he really kicked him in the face i love tony Deppen. i think he's bloody amazing someone's to sign this boy up like well, straight away this is what we said as well 2020 yeah. someone is going to sign tony Deppen. yeah for sure There's... and i hope it's not the company's going to ruin him well we'll see um god damn you AEW, stop ruining stars <laughs> <laughs> i don't want shikara to lose all their talent again but uh, Deppen needs to be the big boys he needs some money and let's get this guy established give him a mic and put him in some high profile matches give Deppen a mic definitely yeah please he's such a dick he's great (laughs) so good so all six guys are having a really good match to be fair we didn't like the uh, carnies on night one but I thought they did a much better performance for the vast majority of this match yeah I think being able to work this sort of the the face style a bit more helped them this time round I think the last match the tweenery sort of layout for them wasn't great and again if you've got people coming there because it's the first appearance of the carnies in Chikara yesterday sorry night one mm-hmm. um so the fans may be coming a little bit more familiar with them and i know it's okay. certainly like we said before as well with wrestlers if you meet these guys at meet and greet and the fans are like oh these guys are actually really cool yeah. then they're gonna maybe warm to them a bit more because yeah, you can tell there was so. certainly a better reaction on night two than it was on night one for these guys yeah the only two times i've seen them on literally night one and night two and uh, the first night was like eh, and this like they they got more of my attention put it that way i think it's also who they were working with sure because by working with fist they were going to be pushed but also looked after and coached well definitely man so iggy takes all the heat in the match iggy makes the tag to awful awful removes his mask again disqualify him referee this is lucha <laughs> so uh ring audio tracks have gone out of sync again just like we talked about before sounds like robots a little bit uh, but it's not it's not too bad the commentary sounded good still i could still hear the commentary which is the main thing i didn't have to up any volume it was just a bit tinny yeah sure and it only lasted for a few minutes yeah it was notable when it happened but it wasn't constant throughout this whole show sure so fist hit all the moves uh pinfall broken <laughs> up by the carnies slice bread number two pedigree by icarus which they called was it shiranu uh shiranue which is what seaman calls it oh, okay that seaman's finished back in the day well then he's got that meteora which he stole off sasha banks uh <laughs> yeah sure that's what happened the blueprint <laughs> Matt Mo- i mean sasha banks <laughs> Matt Morgan? Was that a reference? Matt Morgan was a blueprint Matt Morgan. Yeah, he was yeah. the DNA of TNA. What, why is that a reference to the double knees off the top thing? Because Sasha Banks nicked the blueprint. She called oh, did she call it the blueprint? Oh, I don't care anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> slice bread number two and a pedigree by Icarus to Trip Cassidy. Weird, the biggest, scariest dude in the match is taking the pinfall here for the one, two, three. But again, makes makes the heels look stronger by beating the big boy. Yeah, I wonder whether Trip Cassidy's coming back as a face and this gives him motivation to pick on Fist a bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, don't I know, wonder we'll if see. these guys are going to come back, though. Yeah, I don't know. 
He's doing the whole um, black eye, white face, corpse paint thing. I was thinking about why did he do the full black metal, like, you know, stripes and stuff. It looks so cool, like, you know. Because Kiss were busy. <laughs> I was thinking more like uh, Mayhem. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like full evil, like Norwegian church burning sort of gimmick, you know? But like, I don't know. I don't think that would really fit in with the Chikara. <laughs> Scott Steiners will get to later got in a lot of trouble for night one. If Absolutely. we're going to do some kind of church burning, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so Icarus pins Trip Cassidy for the one, two, three, and our winners and advancing to the semi-finals are the team of Fist. Right and team went through. Absolutely. Do you start to feel at this point we're building to a final match? Yes. Who do you think was going to be in the final? Same as me? Yeah, I, I was going to go with uh, definitely Crucible. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And? I think they're going to go Crucible Colony. Okay, I was going Fist Colony because that's the classic Shakara final. Yeah. Because over the generations, that's happened like three or four times. And but I wonder if they're going to go slightly different. Yeah, because obviously, I, what, what we'll get to later with the Shenans. Yeah. But there's a story there which I think might stop the Crucible from mm. getting to it. But we'll get there in a second. But immediately after this match, I'm like, I wonder if we are doing fist colony in the final again yeah because just i know how much that would mean to shakara fans to see those two trios even with different people in them and stuff you know i suppose as you said especially as they've lost such a lot of talent over the last few years to be able to have their their big run i mean again you know they they went to wolverhampton to do it a couple of years ago to get a bit more of a uh a a modern spin on it or maybe some more eyes on the product with a lot more you know, established, well-known talent. Yeah, international vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one I had tickets to that I couldn't do. Yeah. Anymore, so it kind of sucks, but you know. Um, uh, that was one thing. I forgot about a Shikara show I went to. Oh, hit me. Uh, I went to the Manchester one as well from the oh, same okay. tour that was, oh God, which was the London one I went to? One of the London ones. <laughs> I went to <laughs> Manchester as well. It was it was really good, man. There was It was a bit of a shame in that on the fourth row on the right side, there was a bachelor party. Oh, great. Who weren't wrestling fans. And so they were just shouting random stuff the whole way through the show. And oh, you were at a progress show. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the most obnoxious bastards ever, they were really drunk as well. Oh, but a progress <laughs> So, um, can't wait to work there. <laughs> The Carnies get some please come back chance as they embrace each other in the ring and I'm like, you lost! Get to the back, nerds! What's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) The Iggy dude starts cutting a promo without a microphone about how we should be proud of themselves when we got this far. I'm like, get to the back! Go away! (laughs) Just really bugged me. Sorry, I had to get that over. Hugging hugging the big lad in the crowd as they left. Yeah, exactly. Like, just get to the back. You lost. If you take the pinfall... Back off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not sure, Michaels. You, you can't hog the ring. Oh, it drives me crazy. So, feels like we're building Fist Conley, as I said. Right, let's move on. So, Haggerty announces the next match is a non title contest of Blank versus Still Life with Apricots and Pears. So, we talked a little bit about this, hoping that we would see these people yep. on this show. But you seem to have the story of this. So, um, Blank, formerly known as Race Jackson. Okay. In but before we get into this, oh. should we describe what the gimmick basically is? Oh, it's going to get there. Oh, okay, it's go for it. Get there. It's a part so, of the story um, then. Blank's working originally as some kind of Rick Martel-esque pretty boy gimmick until he got his comeuppance from his former tech partner, which was Hype Rockwell. Yeah. Hype Rockwell. So in a loser must be masked match. <laughs> <laughs> That's original. Yeah, lovely. So, um, and then Blank 
sort of went what was race jackson lost and since then he's been morphed into a sort of an eccentric perfectionist um and he's been exhibiting his proteges yeah like an artist so he's basically um created what he's called his standout piece of work which is still life with apricots and pears who essentially is a man in a morph costume pretty much yeah a masked wrestler with uh how do you describe it? a white ge- full body covering gear but then splatters of paint and well the paint splatters go it's part of the story oh oh, there we go so still life had basically been black blank standout piece of work since he had this new transformation even he won the young lions cup as well (laughs) so good but after being covered in paint by penelope ford blank had decided that um he'd been ruined he'd been tainted Uh. by the paint and essentially he demanded a match with, Pen- Pen- uh, with Penelope Ford, easy for me to say, for okay. ruining his masterpiece. So before he was just pure white. And his first, uh, the first match of season 20 was um, Still Life versus Penelope Ford when he was obviously all, all white. It will be all white on the night. <laughs> what? Don't know why. Okay, cool. Tonight, um, Matthew, I'm going to be <laughs> still alive with apricots and pears. Um, so basically, he got to, so he beat Penelope Ford, yeah, and then he decided that he wanted to destroy his now ruined creation. Oh, amazing! Still alive. It's just the best gimmick ever. And but if you think this storyline has then built for the whole year, for yeah. the stu- for the whole of season twenty, this has built from here's my masterpiece. It's won the Young Lions Cup. Oh my god, he's been ruined and covered in paint and growing increasingly annoyed by. The tatty ruined piece of art. Oh, Which oh. is the other wrestler. <laughs> you know, it's and the so fact surreal. It, and the fact it all started with the, the loser must be masked gimmick. So good. So I've seen one or two matches of Blank and um, it was still life at the time. Just still life. Yeah. And because um, it's a still life that has come to life. Yeah. That's the joke, I think. I don't know. Um, but it was, I saw them wrestle like Orange Cassidy and a few other people for like Beyond and places like that. And so they would come out and Orange Cassidy would start to do his spots. But these two would just be like posing like artistically in the corner. <laughs> yeah. and they would go to do wrestling moves, then sit down and like hold their chin and like lift their hand to the sky and stuff. Like all these artistic forms, like statues and silhouettes and things. It's like, this is outstanding. So cool. So original. Like it's, bonkersly weird and blank looks jacked yeah yeah they can it's both wrestle boy, as well yeah. you imagine these are guys because the way they wrestle and such they've obviously been trained by quack it feels like mm. i don't know but i'm guessing um they need a bit of experience because there's a few like little like well this is a, didn't quite go right or whatever here and there yeah but I, they've got the ability and the knowledge and they're trying really cool stuff still life when so the opening of season 20 we wrestled Penelope Ford was not a great match okay so I get the impression that still life is very much in the infancy of his career yeah whereas obviously Blank has been around had proper feuds can work and is clearly leading this match as you would expect the heel character to do yeah but what a start yeah to your careers to have this gimmick like this is going to be on your Twitter timeline soon to anyone listening to this probably difficult to shill merch if you're still life (laughs) white t-shirts it's art (laughs) nailed it got it so 15 quid for the shirt (laughs) so still life is the face and blank is the heel if you're wondering listening at home uh blank's got these half gloves that start just below his knuckles i'm like you arty bastard oh it's so funny uh so arty so i decided to call these concept wrestlers (laughs) (laughs) like a concept album love it uh, so it's no, proper- they're so progressive. Exactly. 
It's a proper blood feud match. They beat the crap out of each other. Uh, like, I, my, my notes is like, it, it, blank brutalized his subject. Yeah, he's a great heel. Yeah, beat, literally beating the shit out of him. It really does. <laughs> so it seems like both guys need to be serious, but it's really, really fun. Still Life has blank all tied up after some Terry Funk style toehold things. Like really, really cool. With some like inverted like drop downs and stuff. Like brutal looking things. But blank starts to rip away at the mask of Still Life. Yeah, because this is the thing. If you, as you mentioned earlier... If you demask your opponent, it is an instant disqualification. However, they are damaging the mask. There's no rule about damaging, as oh. I got over on commentary quite a bit. So, still life uh, locks in a version of an Indian death lock. Blank rips at the eyes of the mask again, completely ripping open the mask of still life, exposing his face and his yeah. hair and everything. And he covers his face to stop it. And I'm like, why isn't he disqualifying him? But I guess that's why. The mask is damaged. He hasn't been unmasked. Mm, I don't know about this. I think that was a mistake. I think like it happens in Lucha quite often where they try to just tear a bit of the mask, but they accidentally go yoink and rip the whole thing. But, no, but that's that's the story they were telling. Right. Okay. He he's trying to essentially destroy his artwork, which is again destroy the mask but still get the victory sure i don't think this was as troubled as as you i think this was planned to have this level because again especially for the cover-up for when the finish came as well yeah because you're not going to be covering your face to then take that move yeah for sure so uh Basically, Blank stiffs the crap out of Still Life. <laughs> just throws a massive elbow, doesn't he? Just like flows a closed fist and then the back elbow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just trying to like cover his face so we can't block it or anything. Yeah. It's it's brutal. For the one, two, three, and your winner is the heel of Blank, destroying his piece of art. Commentary goes, art is dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, beautiful. To show how violent for Shikara this match was, my last comment was, Blank then won this massacre with a stiff elbow. <laughs> Absolutely. A massacre is a beautiful way of putting it. They went all out. Yeah. This is two guys that know each other going, right, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to punch you in the face. And then you're going to punch me in the face back. And I'm like, I could watch this all day. I love brutal wrestling. It's great. And then I'm going to damage your mask and you can't punch me back. And I'm going to stiff the hell out of you. I can watch this all night. But I'm more experienced, so (laughs) this is what we're doing. So post-match, Blank gives Still Life a Cosa Nostra-style kiss on the forehead and leaves him for dead in the middle of the ring, leaving his creation, you know? And and again, so much more to go into other storytelling. If they want this to be the end, great. If they want to go diversify, he could get a new piece of art to take on the maybe revitalized or appreciated in his own time Still Life. The caliber of storytelling here beautiful oh, and people joke about pro wrestling not being like performance art or whatever and i'm like aside from the, the pun of it being two artists guys like the story they told in the ring oh perfect absolutely perfect i heard rumors which is obviously this is gonna be a joke that david Starr took this match to equity to get them to <laughs> sign it up as performing arts <laughs> right let's move on so king adria 2019 quarterfinal match um so their debut in this tournament (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely the debut on the streaming service (laughs) of team pump of jordan grace pt williams and scott steiner scott king steiner (laughs) versus the nations 
We are the nation of domination. domination. <laughs> <laughs> Got to add the S on the end. I'm not. I'm going to pretend to be American and forget the S, like math. <laughs> Fair enough. Of Adam Hoffman and Jack Bonza and Nick Moret. You can't say that word without an Australian accent, right? I said one Aussie, of their. Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> oh fuck off! I said one of their names wrong on the last pod, so I apologise for that. But hopefully, I got them right this time. That's exactly how I got them written down. Bonza. Yeah, Bonza. So, uh, Mark Haggerty announces the following is scheduled for one fall. One fall. That's exactly what the crowd does. But then some person, that's the nice way of putting it, about two or seconds later just goes, one fall. And I imagine you went, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you don't like this at all, do you? No, I've had to put my wallet in a suitable gimmick in a second. <laughs> So, Sinus Siren goes off, Siren goes off, sorry, and a murmur of booze trickle around the Shikami because of what happened on night one. If you don't know what happened on night one, go back and watch, uh, listen to our first episode. It's on the, on the feed, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Uh, the matching chainmail is pretty awesome between Team Pump, we talked about this yesterday, but... And, and, and the fourth Steiner, so it's good to see that Rick Steiner was in the crowd. <laughs> what? Oh, the guy with the chainmail. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got you. So lots of booze for Steiner as he comes out, but not for Jordan Grace or for Petey Williams, obviously because he was a bit sweary on night one. Uh, commentary are talking about the statistics and the team uh, of Team Pump winning. The numbers definitely don't lie. Uh, team Pump all in black and silver tonight. I'm like, nice coordination. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, Steiner grabs the mic. <laughs> this is so good. And Petey immediately goes, no, 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 no. Grabs the mic off of him to stop him from swearing. At least we can all make a joke about this situation because it was it was messed up the first night. You know? I think it's nice that they acknowledged it and played up to it and semi-ribbed to Steiner sure. for it. So and, then, and Steiner played on. Yeah, absolutely. I think he realized he'd done wrong at this point. So they have the, the whole gimmick of Jordan Grace goes under the ring, grabs the swear jar, pulls it out, and forces they force Stein to put money in it and put his whole wallet in it. Because he first to... he put in like some small change, and the comes like he's only putting some small change. That's not gonna be enough. <laughs> and then he took out his wallet and chucked it. In. Really funny stuff, man. Like everyone having a good time, trying to make light of a, a bad situation from the night before. Uh, the crowd start to go, "Say you're sorry and pay up, pay <laughs> yeah. up," as he's doing this, which is really good stuff. Uh, everyone kind of gets in on the joke um uh, i'm just gonna skip ahead in my notes uh so pete takes steiner's wallet out of his back pocket and forces steiner to chuck it in uh steiner grabs the mic and finally apologizes he just really sheepishly steiner goes i'm sorry that's <laughs> really cute it was, it was basically as sincere as raven's apology for crucifying the sandman absolutely <laughs> i'm really sorry for swearing <laughs> so this lasts like a good three or four minutes and mark haggerty's timing is hilarious because as soon as he finished he goes and they're opponents and the whole crowd starts laughing it's genius so we are the nations of dominations Uh, Jordan Grace wants the bigger of the Aussie lads Bonza to start the match because you know power fun I guess yeah Moretti tags in uh, to face off with P.E. and Moretti proceeds to put himself into locks over and over again which I thought was really funny so he accidentally does a bit of technical wrestling and ends up in an arm lock himself he's like oh bollocks (laughs) goes to it again puts himself into a headlock he's like oh no did it again Uh, this is really genuinely great nice little things like that and again having people like like the Steiners play along with things like this. I call them the signs, uh, Team Pump play yeah, along yeah, with it. Fine. Steiners, whatever, we get it. Um, again, there's three or four people on this show that I feel like could move on to AEW or WWE or New Japan or whatever. And Murray has to be on that list. He's yeah. so good. And funny. Yeah, original. Yeah. Interesting, athletic, great look, big, you know. 
Because if you look at, let's say, WWE now, they've always had that place for a comedy wrestler. Sure. So who's their comedy wrestler at the moment? A Kofi? <laughs> Not deliberately. <laughs> but like, you know, he's been booked into that position. They really don't have one, do they? They don't have like a Koki Beware or a Santino Morella or someone. No, if they they wanted to ruin Big E, he could do it. But Big E should turn into a nasty heel at some point and destroy their entire division and go it, back to the five count thing. It depends if Xavier is going to come back at some point. Austin Creed, Xavier, whoever yeah. his name is. If he's going to come back, then they're going to keep New Day together, I think, because of the merch money and everything else. Mm. And they're just lovable faces, you know. Um, but if they're not, and it's just going to be Kofi and Big E and Xavier can't ever come back, I have seen that written, that his injury's that bad, that he might not be able to come back. Well, when you've made all that money, you can play computer games for a living. Oh, my injury. Well... Yeah, who knows? Here's my PhD. I'm pretty sure I'll be all right with my jobs. <laughs> but if it is just Kofi and Big E, then I can 100% see that happening. Honestly, I think Kofi should turn heel. I think he's a very good heel. I think it's underestimated how good of a heel yeah. he is. But especially with the current storyline, he's kind of had his face moment, you know? That's right. He'll tag with CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. We won't talk about him for ages. And then Rollins will try and get himself over and get in, in the shit, apparently. <laughs> I mean, how's that working out so far? What, CM Punk? You know how every single show has just got CM Punk, CM Punk over it now, no matter what they do. Vincent Man's doing this going, Fox! Yeah, it really is there. It's it's just, it's everything I thought would happen. Genuinely, what they should have done, as, you know, I know I, it's Fox's decision, it's Fox's money, I'm not going to defend WWE, but sure. had it been a case of WWE and gone, please, if you're going to do it, let us talk to him first and let him be number 30 in the Rumble and yeah. just destroy whatever venue we're in. Because if they're going to be in a baseball stadium, can you imagine the pop when like Living Colour would have started playing? But instead... It might still happen. You never know. But one day, imagine that baseball stadium and uh, Mr. Moretti walks out and the pop will be huge. Bringing <laughs> it back. Hold on, there is one other thing I want to put out here. Um, you know what I thought about the other day? If he's only signed to Fox... You know where he could appear still? AEW. Can you imagine? He's doing the WWE commentary gig for their stuff, but then appears for AEW. The heat would be off the chain. I mean, if we're talking about heat, though, Tony Khan needs to get better at Twitter slagging if he's going to show up for him. What about, what, about, what about that plane in Saudi Arabia? Isn't your father a... Uh... No? Well, yeah, that was disproved, to be fair. The whole thing about his I mean, More importantly, keep your beak out. You're not one of the boys. You're the financer. <laughs> he owns the goddamn co- competition. And I'm sure. Would Vince, you say that to Vincent Man? I'm sure Vince McMahon would always go on Twitter going, "Yeah, what about your dad?" <laughs> I agree that we should keep this off Twitter, but whatever, it's fine. So as the match progresses, there are lots of fun spots. Steiner cleans house a few times and suplexes people. They did make mention on commentary how they were looking forward to seeing like, Steiner and Nick Gage in the last match get down to it. And I don't know yeah. if that was a slight dig of those boys didn't work. <laughs> Well, maybe so. So probably the most comedy fun match of the show so far, I'd say. There's lots of silliness and fun spots yeah. until Steiner gets in and gets angry at people. but Which was funny in itself. Exactly. That's <laughs> his gimmick. That's who he is. Hoffman gets uh, beat down and Team Pump stop the Lucha tags, which I thought was quite fun. Every time he tries to slide out of the ring to tag, they push him back in the ring. Yeah. Lovely thing. I'd love to see this more often with Lucha stuff. Um, eventually, Pete accidentally rolls uh, Hoffman through a leg lock thing and throws him to the outside. He's like, no! <laughs> he makes the tag. So here we go. A commentary put over before we get into the, the finish of it. Uh, that apparently, Pete Williams watches all the Shikara shows. And oh, he's really? a huge fan. Did you hear this on commentary? I, I must have missed this. I don't know whether they were just joking about or whatever, but like this would make sense watching these spots because obviously someone seems to have thought about how this tag system yeah. works and leading to this tag, basically. It's good scouting of where you're going to be working. Sure. Rather than sending like the promoter a message going, I know all the moves. <laughs> <laughs> but how am I going to get there? <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Inside jokes are the best. So uh, rush to a finish. Everyone gets a spot. Triple Stein and recliners in the middle of the ring. Really, really good by Team Pump. P.E. tries to hit the Canadian star a few times. The nations of dominations <laughs> reverse it into their shield powerbomb, assisted powerbomb thing. <laughs> see them try to do it on Raw with just Seth and um, Roman. Roman, yeah. It was like, hang on. I feel like there's something missing. <laughs> it is what it is. Some guy who's a really good wrestler now. You would have thought they'd bring a third person in. Now they haven't got mocks, you know? Keith Lee's around. Uh, uh, maybe. They did the whole fist bump thing with Roman and he was bloody good. Keith Lee apparently going to be going over Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania now. Yeah, of course, because we've just seen a wrestler. We've got, oh, let's feed him to Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Lee, bask in his glory. Make stars? What do you mean? We've already got stars. We're to make them. <laughs> We're not bullies. We already are stars. <laughs> For the one, two, three, <laughs> and winners are the nations. Which surprised me. Of domination. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, you missed the gimmick. So try not to be try to get myself over of being humorous with our in-jokes that we find funny. Sure. No one else I just does. don't think they want Scott Steiner on night three, to be honest, but we'll see. Yeah, it, it was an odd choice because well, I suppose getting two two nights out of them. Yeah, he might. S- Scotty doesn't work Sundays. Well, they usually do some sort of like battle royal or elimination oh, thing. Yeah, you know, they've got tech on it as well for night three. Oh, okay, so they are doing it. Okay, good stuff. That's what they usually do. But I didn't want to say it, but like you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, so yeah, so uh, didn't the nations win or come second last year? Yes. So I think they're trying to push them through to at least they're a challenger for the semi-finals. They might have made it to the finals. I. It would be a surprise if they made it to the finals. I think it depends if Quack's trying to make stars or not. But these guys are. Good, good. Yeah, right. especially. Yeah, he's definitely the standout of the nations. Sure. So, second Raid of Oladores 2019 semi-final four-way elimination match of I'll get to him last actually. Paris de Silva, the other guy from the Velocities, CTs of uh, yeah, him Paris de Silva, Freddie Mercurio, who does the Freddie Mercury gimmick that we talked about yesterday, the last show. The best crab-based wrestler in the world, Asian Crawdad, who I'm a huge fan of. And Not as big of a fan of who is your new mate on Twitter. Well, so a fourth person in this match is a guy called Alex Zane. Not who... to be confused with a fucking annoying TV presenter on Channel 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to go there. There is another guy called Alex Zane, Z-A-N-E, who is a Channel 4 dickhead for those that don't know. Um, but this guy, Alex Zane, Z-A-Y-N-E, give this guy a follow. Go look at his matches because, oh my lord, is he impressive. The other three guys in this match are good, but you, like you said, when you can clearly tell a talent who could go elsewhere. Yeah. Alex Sometimes Zane you see is... a guy wrestle and you're just like, that is a star. He can do some crazy stuff. He is massive. He's athletic. He's got a good look. I watched some interviews with him online. He can talk as well. Tick, 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 I'm like, tick. He seems to have a really good attitude about everything. There's an interview with, um, who's the girl that did the AEW stuff for a bit? Uh, was it Alison Atoot? Uh, yeah, Alison Atoot, I think it is, whatever. But yeah. Atoot. <laughs> I don't know. Is that her first name? Yeah. Alyssa Atoot? Alyssa, maybe. Yeah. Whatever. So the the girl, look yeah. up online. Uh, with them two just talking. Don't look too hard if you're at work. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, with them just chatting away, like talking in like, an indie show or something. Seems like the most humble, lovely dude ever. And then I'm looking on his Twitter timeline and stuff because he retweeted my, like, go check this guy out tweet. And like, Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Um, and Does he follow the podcast yet? Uh, I don't think so. He's dead to me. <laughs> but he's hanging out, hanging out with Ricky Shane Page. And his, his little thing underneath was our two link lads going on. And what he means is the backyard wrestling link. Yeah. Which I used to kind of like um, 
what's it called? I used to like look at regularly because there's loads of cool backyard wrestling and stuff on there in the day. So he's a guy that's been around for a long time as well and like earning his stripes. And let's get this guy on TV. Like apparently he's debuting for New Japan this week. What? And I was like, holy crap, you made it. In the tag league? I think so, yeah. Wow. Because um, there was stuff with him in Big Japan, so BJW. Yeah. With uh, GCW. Because... <laughs> <laughs> out <laughs> so uh with uh gcw have got a link with them so he's doing shows in japan and i think he was even photographed with a few people from owe and stuff so i wondered whether maybe there was some sort of link there from oh, your work there did but... you see that our friend the general lost his belt the oh, lost his belt. i didn't see that but we'll get to owe someday i think in the future oh uh, i'm not flying to cambodia <laughs> <laughs> maybe for the podcast i mean <laughs> Yeah, because we're we're not affiliated anymore. Exactly, that's what I mean. We can do some shows and talk about stuff. It'd be and, a real, it'd be a real shame to lose that g- joke one day. To me, to me, the voice of OW. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Alex Zane, the Cajun Crawdad, Freddie Mercurio, and Paris De Silva for our King of the High Flyers tournament, Ray the Voladores. Someone throws a red, white, and blue streamer at Freddie as he jokes that that's France. I'm like, actually, the stripes are going sideways, noob. That is Holland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a flag geek, so it is what it is. So, multi-man lock-up to start. But what no flag one... do you think Cajun Crawdad would have? Uh, the Cajun one? Yeah. It's got to be a state flag. Yeah. For... Wait. Chicken? <laughs> Cajun? New Orleans? Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's Cajun, isn't it? Yeah. So, basically, just have like a Saints shirt kicking around Yeah, it somewhere. could be. Yeah, there's all sorts of new flag New Orleans. Because you get like, the French Fleur de ones. You get yeah. like the American... Because um, it's been taken oh, over uh, a few times. It's stuff, been but... taken over a few times. Well, that, that, was nice. that was nicely put. It's been <laughs> taken over. Got a couple of not hostile takeovers. Well, like, do you know why it has the French... Oh, we're just getting into history stuff now. We're not even talking about wrestling. <laughs> like, you know, do you know why it has a French association? Hit me. So, you know, the French uh, took over Montreal. Yes. And then the Brits came in and kind of had the wars and they took down the East Coast. You had the Tea Party eventually later on and everything. It's amazing how we cock everything up but carry on it's fine so the, the french got driven more 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 south they ended up in new orleans and the brits went ah bollocks leave them there <laughs> that's literally what happened new orleans the scariest bridge i've ever driven across leaving new orleans interesting drive it because it just goes on forever and you oh, okay. always see i thought you just saw water coming at you <laughs> well, well no but that's interestingly whilst we that's we, a bad joke i shouldn't said that but, but anyway. in, in all seriousness because of the floods they've got like signs which says this many miles to the latest safe point because wow. obviously they they know so much that's there. And when I was in New Orleans, they're obviously building. I mean, this must have been where Trump got his idea because they're obviously building this massive wall mm. to, as, as flood defense. So Trump was probably like, I'll have one of them in Mexico. So a multi man lock up to start, but no one will lock up with the crawdad because, you know, claws. <laughs> exactly. Hilarious. And you wouldn't. No, absolutely. Have you ever locked up with a crab before? I'd prefer not to, definitely. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd look over a soft shell. <laughs> so Crawdad pinches them on the bum, and off we go. <laughs> yes! Brilliant. Hilarious. Uh, Bryson Bacabella <laughs> on commentary. Did you, did you notice how Marek's overnight that his, um, his injury had suddenly disappeared from being in the cast from night one? Wait, what? Say again? Because remember, Crawdad came out... Cause it, wasn't he in the cast? No, no, that's the oh, other one. Oh, shit. No, sorry. That's... um. Oh, my God. What's his name? The other crab character because Craw- crawdad replaced him didn't he yeah see there's there's that joke on so that note's ruined good thing i went for context and i was like oh didn't he have a broken arm last night <laughs> nah, it's the other guy uh the uh his name will come back to me at some point i'm very tired so bryson baccalaure on commentary proceed to drop a million queen references on commentary it's genuinely funny excellent research yeah really really good stuff uh as the lads do what can only be described as mental spots this is 
crazy just like the raid of all the earlier it's less high flying and more just what the hell how do you work this stuff out i would liken this to an organized version of the pre triple mania uh clusterfuck yeah yeah it's just insane <sighs> bonkers it's all over so interesting to watch but actually well crafted all over the show stuff yeah one of the things they do is this constant reference to the kind of doom doom clap (laughs) we will rock you so you know someone goes through a pinfall and it's like one two and then the person will kick out and clap (laughs) like it's so funny like they do it like 10 different times this popped me more than like anything aw or wwe or new japan have done in years and again why didn't they bring out last night yeah sure because I guess they're saving it for this moment. If you repeat the spot too often, it becomes... Well, know, no, but fam- familiarity makes things more... Repetition is funny. Hi, Mighty oh, Clown. I guess so, yeah, sure. <laughs> can you do that, Joey? People. <laughs> it's oh, copyright, copyright doesn't exist now. in Mexico. J-E-double-F! <laughs> <laughs> so, again, the spots are just absolutely mental. Crawdad goes coast to coast. Zane propels him... That is just impressive by yeah. himself. He's a big dude doing that. Stress is a flipping crab. <laughs> coast to coast, yeah. Uh, this Zane lad propels himself off two other lads to give Crawdad a run off the top rope. And I'm like, What? That's bonkers. Uh, shooting star knee strike by Zane. Shooting star DDT by De Silva. And I'm like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> Eliminates the cruel dad and Freddy. So De Silva goes for a shooting star press DDT to Zane. But Zane reverses it into an arm capture. One arm kind of between the legs. The other arm's thrown around the throat like a cutthroat like driver type thing. Picks him up and drives him down like a pile driver. And I'm like, God damn that looks fucking amazing i believe this would have been the right time to call out what a maneuver <laughs> absolutely what a finish called the taco driver <laughs> I'm like yes you are my favorite wrestler ever because even his entrance it was a case of oh and if he was hailing from a taco stand not far away yeah. wasn't it or referred to as the sauce the sauce like yeah. oh totally i'm in i'm a huge mexican food fan as well so this is my boy he's I absolutely love, my I boy i love wrestling i love mexican food this ticks all my boxes are wrestling watch me flip on people i'm like yes please this is so good like extra guacamole with that please (laughs) eliminating de silva so the winner going on to the final is going to be alex zane so we've got the whisper against alex zane tomorrow night which is interesting because if whisper's trying to be pushed for sorry the whisper i keep calling him whisper that's fine that's a character from a kid's tv show (laughs) the caramel version is my favorite (laughs) mint whisper they should bring those back (laughs) no no but yeah the the whisper chocolate's disgusting That's agree to disagree. <laughs> You're wrong. But Alex Zane versus the Whisper. <laughs> Let's go back to tacos. Go on. <laughs> what the things that lorry drivers have in there? Taco graphs. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Let's move on to other wrestling. <laughs> so the winner's Alex Zane. Tomorrow night we get our Raid of Oladores final, the King of the High Flyers, which will be really tasty. Yeah, it'll be like good. A taco, but not like mint chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Alex Dane, again, he's a big lad that can do crazy flying. As, as I put here, if he can talk and he's got a good attitude, he's going to be very special. And now that I've confirmed those things, like, uh, this dude's going to be <laughs> I everywhere. Know, I know you've done, like, a psychometric questionnaire on this guy. Yeah, I can yeah. now confirm he's definitely a nice well, guy. When I, when, I, when I confess that on a podcast I think this guy's going to be an absolute superstar, I want to have some sort of evidence of that rather than just i saw one match and he was really really good wait you're not brad shepherd <laughs> i don't know get that reference oh he's some guy on the internet who claims to be a wwe insider and keeps oh, right. basically doing things like i hear there's going to be alexa bliss's doctor appointment today sure <laughs> but have you seen um the clip from gcw's backyard wrestling do you know the show i mean 
I remember there. I used to watch some old backyard wrestling DVDs from back no, in the day. No, but this, this is brand like this year sort of thing, like okay. a few months ago. So GCW Game Changer Wrestling, we've reviewed on yep. the pod. Go listen to the old episode. Um, did a show that was just in someone's backyard, basically, just for fun, basically, with a bunch of their mates almost. And Alex Zane was on that show, and he it was a clip on YouTube on a GIF, sorry, on Twitter and YouTube, whatever, that you probably have come across with a guy who runs to the outside does a 630 over the top rope and lands on tony deppen on the outside yeah that's him that's alex zane and i was just like oh wow okay yeah cool you're getting over hard <laughs> new japan for god's sake yeah i mean I, what, all i will say is if that he, however long he was on the backyard circuit his body might be a bit beat yeah. up. and maybe so who knows man he but if, like I said, if he's in New Japan, yeah, because if they've lost people like I know Davey and they're pushing Lance Hoyt, yeah, they're going to bring in some other guys who are Lance Hoyt's so good right now. It's nice that he's been had like the shackles taken off and he can be himself. Yeah, uh, who would have thought he'd be there when he was teamed with Kid Cash back <laughs> in TNA? Yeah. So there is one moment here with this Alexander, and I'm going on about him, but he retweeted us, so let's give him some cheers. <laughs> if you ever want to be over on our podcast, just <laughs> write a song like Will Power. Be really good at training like Mr. Wicked or just retweet us. <laughs> Hi, Phoenix Strong. <laughs> you know how I've gone on about recently? How people keep losing matches and then staying in the bloody ring to take their applause. Yeah. The second that all the other guys lose the match, they start to head to the back. Zane starts to just go to the back as well because like, we've got a show to do. And then Freddie sends him back in the ring to go get his applause while everyone else buggers off. And I'm like, this is how to do it. Zane was either probably doing this going, pretty hungry. <laughs> yeah, need a taco you know <laughs> but can other indie wrestlers please understand that this is how if you lose don't take applause in the middle of the ring get to the back it just oh it drives me insane anyway, I like mind. to call it the Benoit applause because he always lost and people would applaud him in the middle of the ring okay. in his last run in WWE before the end <laughs> you mentioned this name so often on this well no oh, I know I know I Benoit a wrestler rather than Benoit the man who had the brain of a 93 year old with dementia sure sure he would you know, always murder his wife and king and kill himself. Yeah. Well, at least he killed himself. Um... <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, but, but wrestling like that is a case of, oh, uh, you're never going to win the belt. You're never going to get a consolation prize, but you're going to get a standing O. So that's worth your pay, isn't it? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, King of Trio 2019 quarterfinal match of the Crucible of Devantes, E.M. Demarest, and Matt Mikowski versus the Crucible of Lance Steele, Ophidian, and Princess Kimber Lee. My wrestling wife. Rudos. I love Rudos. Well, especially when we have big boys against each other. Crucible mm. A versus Crucible B, as I noted so, it down. I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I think I said it after the podcast. Do you remember what I said I thought might happen? Did you think this clash would happen with the... Because we made reference to the two minutes training. Yeah, and I said that I think what's going to happen is that Affidian's going to get in the ring, go lay down. And if someone would lay down for him, he'd pin them, and they'd get an easy progression. Fantastic. We can move on to the next match. You've just described exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> so it's Devantes and Ophidian start of the match. They do a bit of a face-up, but then exactly what I thought was going to happen happens. I'm like, I get pro wrestling. I'm so good. Look at me. But again, it makes good for the semi because they haven't had to wrestle. Good for my semi. What? So <laughs> well, Kimberly was there, say. so it's fine. <laughs> so the winners are the Crucible, surprisingly. Uh, the version of Lance Steele, Ophidian, and Princess Kimberly. Because nobody wanted to work Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Classic sh- classic Shikara booking. Alex Zane had tacos backstage. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Too many people taking applause in the ring. Let's cut this one short. I know we've gone on about it, but the booking's amazing. 
Yeah. And yeah, perfect storytelling. Get themselves a- over, disgracing the tournament, you know. Yeah, and again, put it over on, on commentary. They are shaming the, the history and the prestige of this tournament. Yeah, it's bloody brilliant. So there is one little thing here that you're like, oh, they're planting a seed. Where Kimberly comes over and is a bit like, hang on, what was that? Like, I don't know about this. And they kind of show her expression quite a lot and keep yeah. on camera. But she kind of falls in line, goes to the back with them eventually. Like, she's obviously not happy about this, but, you know, we're getting somewhere. Well, because obviously she's, she's, in the, she's in the crucible against her will at the moment. Yeah. Abby Lath. Yes. Why, after Cruiserweight Classic, did WWE not think they could have a suitable place for her? Or do you think it was her choice to not go? Um, I think you mean the May Young classic, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Wait, did you not see her under the hood? <laughs> Resident <laughs> <as a lucha? clears throat> I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's a maybe it is a look thing. You know, W can be very judgmental, and she's not a scrawny whatever. Yeah, but some some of the ladies there aren't. Yeah, I don't think that is the issue, but I'm saying it could be. Um, I think maybe. That's why I wondered, is it is it her not wanting to do it? She's so talented. I don't get why Cause they the, um, want to keep her on. Was it the AAW show which we watched, which was her and was it Kylie Ray who she was wrestling? Because um, she, she was near the main event, wasn't she? Could fight through yeah, the crowd. Yeah, she was a heel at the time, yeah. wasn't she? Yeah, again, brilliant. She I've never seen her at a bad match, to be honest. Every time I've seen Kimberly wrestle, Abby Lath wrestle, yeah. she's outstanding. Yeah. Did you see her matches when she was doing the strong style single stuff for Shikara? No. Oh, it's like watching Minoru Suzuki, but a woman. But like, then beat think the crap of that. out of people. Hello, put her with Asuka. How good would that be? Yeah, it seems easy to do. It seems maybe, like maybe such people a people lot... didn't see a character there, you know? I suppose because she was... Yeah, maybe. Mm. It's a weird one. It's, it's difficult to say. I don't have an answer. Is the honest because I, see, I mean, don't get me wrong. I openly applaud the signing of Scarlet Bordeaux. I think we all do. Yeah. I was, uh, no need for Blue Chew with yeah. Scarlet Bordeaux around. Even beyond all that, she is just very, very good. Her character, yeah. her sultriness. I can't wait to see WWE put a, like, a potato sack over her and not let her do anything <laughs> like sable her. Maybe, man. Uh, but even at the ring, she's just really, Topped really good. Up. Yeah, And also, great way to potentially get an into her boyfriend to join the organisation. I think you bring Killer Cross in too and put them together. Yeah. They work as a heel unit. Imagine them against Rusev and Lana just basically saying, yeah. here's how it should be done, guys. Yeah. Where's yeah. your tank? <laughs> Quick shout out to Rusev, though. Did you... Did you the, the whole storyline where he's a sex addict. Yeah. And um, it was like, oh, someone made a joke about like, oh, and that's why he lost... Um, at WrestleMania to John Cena because he tried to have sex with Lana in the tank and Rusev quite went tried <laughs> <laughs> lad what an absolute dawn I love it love it when he fires his big weapon <laughs> <laughs> so our next match of John Francis of Coronado I'm like yep. hang on what's this gimmick Jan uh, Benegor of Hesselink <laughs> versus Thomas Santel who we saw on night one because this was the open challenge okay of John Francis as he's now known yeah JFOC. <laughs> so, uh, do you know the whole gimmick before this? It, it was basically like shoot wrestler style, wasn't it? No, no, no. So, Juan, John Francis of Coordinado was Juan Francisco de Coordinado, who was... Uh, oh, was he from get, Ecuador? That's the one. Because he had his citizenship revoked. Yeah. So, this is the story in that basically his he was a full heel. He would take like 10 minutes walking to the ring with an Ecuadorian flag, like slowly just scouring at people and being evil and like an absolute dick, basically. The antith- antithesis of everything that is Shakara. 
um, as in fun, happy, flying luchadors yeah. and stuff. And so he was the nastiest, most vicious heel in the company. And I see this person, I'm like, what's happened to this gimmick? It was like Lex Luger had come to the ring. Exactly. Lex Luger meets Duggan in a really <laughs> odd... So the story is that he seems to have lost his citizenship to Ecuador, so he's become full American. And to me, this is a very much a joke on the, the Trump policy yeah. of, you know, getting rid of people in all the countries and stuff. I don't want to talk about it too much, but yeah, yeah, that seems to be like a jokey play on this Trump, thing. Boris, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So Sal- Santel enters to some very angry metal music, and he's yeah. very confused whether this was his music or not. I love it when your wrong music's played when you come out. <laughs> I wondered whether this was a mistake or whether it's kind of part of the he's a geeky nerd character that doesn't get what's meant to happen and he just has this metal music playing. Well, they put over again on commentary that these are two technically foreigners mm. so they don't understand anything. Maybe it's like Fez from that 70s show. <laughs> <laughs> so, John Francis enters, who used to be Juan, Frisco, Fran, Fran, Juan Francisco, uh, with an American flag in tow, not the Ecuadorian flag, and I'm like, okay, he's a face, obviously, in full Lex Express Stars and Stripes gear. I would have loved it if they'd come out to real American. <laughs> <laughs> this is Quack's new generation love coming through, obviously. He's finally made it. <laughs> On the network, he's got to 1993. <laughs> Uh, Quack's talked on a few podcasts. He's been on the New Generation podcast a few times. Uh, he's a big New Gen kid, like as a fan growing up. So I think this is where this is coming from. I think I so- told you before on a previous pod that they've now put the whole like USS Intrepid Lex Express slamming of Yoko on there as the full show. You did, yeah, yeah. I mean, I watched six hours of the NXT Combine, so obviously I've got a lot of free time in my hands in these <laughs> evenings. But if you ever have three hours, just watch the Raw. Okay, cool. <laughs> So the match starts and we get grapple, 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 grapple. This is full World of Sports style hold for hold. But much better than the second match of the card where they tried to do hold for hold. Yeah. This looked very Brit-ress. Yeah. They're going super hold for hold. It's just really, really cool. Uh, A bit too much face for face for my liking personally. But um, great competition. Uh, You know, lots of not so much handshaking, but going hold for hold, breaking up the hold, going next to the next sequence. Very well to sport. You you can hear Quack on commentary is talking a million miles an hour. He is loving this. He's basically monologuing because it's just him on commentary. Um, Oh, I guess we'll talk about Quack's commentary. So it's, I've written down this infectious here. He sounds a bit like Murray Walker mixed with the best bits of Gorilla Monsoon. Nice. That's a really good analogy. There you go. I was quite proud of that. So, um, okay, little complaint time. So the Santel, Ooh, on. Santel gimmick, right? So it's the Oval Teen. He's a nerd. He's scared of streamers, confused by his music. Then the second they start wrestling, he's focused, athletic, confident, talented, Festus. Doesn't really make sense. Brings the bell. Focus. Yeah. It's like he's suddenly become Superman. He's Clark Kent. He's taken his glasses off and now he's a man who flies. Yeah, I don't get it. Why does Clark Kent just not wear glasses when he flies? If, if that, well, yeah, that's a fair point. Probably can't see where he's going. <laughs> but like, that's why it goes so fast. But if that was the gimmick, you need to emphasize that more. It needs to be like a moment where he takes off the glasses and becomes focused. You know what I mean? Yeah. It needs to be highlighted. Well, they to had me, the glasses the... thing in the last show with Peter Williams, didn't they? Well, they uh, switched the glasses over. Of, yeah, I guess. But like, the thing with, with <laughs> I, Santel, I see, I... The thing with Santel, right, is that he's obviously very, very good in the ring. I know he's trained a bunch of people as well. He has a school and everything. Uh, it's, it's one of the heartthrobs. Yeah. yeah, Robbie, I think, from the yeah. heartthrobs. I'm not sure, but whatever. Um, 
it's it's like he's just gone right. I need a gimmick to get over, and so done this kind of nerdy gimmick, thinking like you know I'm a nerd, whatever, fine, and like he thinks this will get over with people. But then when as soon as he's in the ring, it's like he forgets his gimmick completely. Like I just I don't know. I just I, f- I feel it's not him. It feels forced. Do you think that's part of the design though, so it can evolve rather Maybe. than being polished completely? I don't, to be honest. I, I, it yeah. did the gimmick itself did nothing for me. The in room work did. Yeah, but the gimmick, great. as you said, it, there's a real disconnect with it. I feel like um, he needed a gimmick because I think he was stopping that kind of post heartthrobs thing for a while. I remember he was in like a documentary. It was one of the Colt Cabana touring around the country. Oh, wrestling things. road diaries. Yeah, one of those. I think he was on one of those, and it, it felt very much like, oh, there's the guy from WWE who we all know, and he's doing some indie stuff and he's training people. Great. Uh, but he seems to have got over with this gimmick because I've seen like Macabe post a match with him that was really cool. Watch some of that. Watch some other stuff that he's done a few indie shows and things, you know. So it's, it's, he's obviously out there working, and this gimmick's working for him. But in the context of this match and the match night before, it's the same thing every time. I'd like to see him carry on that nerdy gimmick into the ring, maybe. Yeah. You know, a bit like when Eric Young was scared of his pyro. You know, use some of that. Like, so going to the match and accidentally be like, oh, no, no, sorry. You know, like, whatever, I know. Or every wrestler when Kane's pyro went off. Oh! <laughs> Did you notice the Young Bucks, whenever they come out and do the, the money explosion, they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, every time they were getting surprised by it. And when they came out of the last show, it was the first time they didn't jump when their, their money cannons went off. Maybe they're focused on having, like, a compelling storyline. What are you talking about? Their storylines are amazing. You haven't been watching the last few weeks. You can't talk. So, <laughs> it's really good. Their storylines are so good. I... I Again, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I think the Bucks going to found out on long-term storytelling. You're wrong. You're very wrong. <laughs> so are you about mint chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a World of Sports style match. Five minutes in, not a single strike has been thrown. It's very much off all. Crack's commentary is amazing. Uh, John Francis does the Hogan spots because he's a real American. Yes. <laughs> so John- that means he's offensive to people of colour. <laughs> Not in that way. <laughs> but he misses the leg drop. Oh, no. A bit of lucha. A few strikes thrown in for both land for both men. Uh, John Francis lands a blue thunder and does a bow tie fixed up five knuckle shuffle, which is pretty cool. America. Um, brr- yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, SDFU. FU. This is basic thugonomics. Santel makes it to the ropes, though. Uh, some lovely reversals lead into a bunch of ankle locks. We're going to the Kurt Angle spots now, because you know he's American. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. A few reversals. John Francis hits the angle slam, locks in the ankle lock again. Santel taps out. Really, really fun match. A winner of John Francis of Coordinado via very American moves. And do you know what he won? This was a match for the Open Challenge to win a future shot at the Grand Championship. Oh, cool! Excellent. Um, I preferred his heel gimmick, but this is good fun. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how he goes against Dasher for the Grand Championship. Yeah, if Dasher's still holding it by that point. We will mm. see. So, uh, Quack puts this over hard on commentary. He says it's like the greatest match he's ever seen, this sort of stuff. Uh, really fun. Uh, not the best World of Sport match I've ever seen, but again, we're kind of spoiled for that. We've yeah. w- w- watched a lot over the years. So what you're saying is Quack's a liar. It's <laughs> <laughs> his company is allowed to exaggerate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice change of pace. Yeah. And again, something different on the card. Sure. They still put in a bit of Lucha Libre in there at the end, because yeah. you all know Hogan loves a bit of Lucha. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's across the border. Time for our main event. 
event of the evening, our King of Trios 2019 quarterfinal match of the Colony of Fire Ant, Green Ant and Thief Ant versus the Hatfields and McCoy of Boomer Hatfield, the Shakara Grand Champion Dasher Hatfield and Molly McCoy. Oh, that poor boy. <laughs> poor boy indeed. Poor boy. So, we get this continuation of this Dasher Boomer story, and it is bloody great. It's heartbreaking. It so, really is. I see my childhood. I'm <laughs> <laughs> rabbling Shikara. <laughs> so, uh, as soon as Dasher, Molly, and Boomer comes out, come out, Boomer's the last to appear, and he stands in front of his dad and gives the whole raise his arm thing. And his dad, Dash, is just like, oh, you scum. You piece of dirt. He looks so angry. So my wife looks at me when I say, I'll cook that. <laughs> my own safety. <laughs> so uh, this is just the best storytelling. The acting is just oh, so good. So Fire and Dasher immediately stare each other down. Uh, Thief Ant steals McCoy's hockey gear <laughs> as everyone's yeah. interacting and wants to do a face-off in the middle of the ring with the hockey stick. It's, it's hilarious. Hockey fight to start the match between McCoy and Thief Ant. I'm a big hockey fan, so this is awesome. Let's go Bruins. So, uh, boom Let's r- go Preds. Preds. Are you a Preds fan? That's what I saw him in Nashville, so I was like, yeah, I'll adopt these guys. Ah, you can support a bad team, it's fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, the 49ers are paying off. <laughs> Roseport. So, Boomer and McCoy quick tag, but uh, won't tag in Dasher at all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, just, and again, it's like my childhood. Can I play? No. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, considering he's the heel, they won't tag him in. Yeah. You know? uh, Dasher tells Boomer how to wrestle, and Boomer is not having it at all. He won't let his dad tell him how to do it and what to do. Uh, Fire Ran in. Here we go. Dasher and Fire Ran. Yes, please. Really, really good stuff. We get the ants doing the six boot in the corner to Dasher Hatfield, like the ants go flying, yeah. whatever they call it. Uh, all three ants dive onto Dasher on the outside because they try and do one dive at a time and Dasher won't take it. So all three dive at the same time and take him out. Classic ant. Really good. Uh, the subplot here of Molly McCoy gradually being influenced by Dasher when Boomer won't be influenced to become Rudo is amazingly detailed and nuanced just the little intricacies of her body language her reactions her facial expressions yeah you can see it even develop over the two nights so far there are just slight differences from how she reacted on night one yeah really clever i I didn't even know this was coming but as soon as you start to see it in the match they start portraying it you're like oh really subtle clever storytelling and even at the end of this you still don't really know where this is necessarily going to end up which is brilliant yeah it's intriguing it's like the best of like script writing for like proper big tv shows and such you know on the subject of script writing obviously we'll get to the uh the finished match shortly and we've sure. said this about other promotions and i know we've touched on this before yes this is writing oh nine hours worth of content for your for your big big mania style thing but that's probably written by one maybe two people i think it's all quack how really the hell can a big corporate mm. with the funding they have not go lads can we just get some people who are out of drama school who understand compelling storytelling I think w- you cannot wait till the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've kind of answered your own question here, at least in my opinion. In that, because it's a big corporation with lots of people working there, that's the problem. I disagree. I think with the right 
because essentially departmentalize it okay you're going to be dealing with the world title feuds here are your wrestlers for the next six months do something with that here's what you're gonna do with the ic title for the next six months oh we're gonna change it if that's what they do i think that'd be brilliant but it doesn't seem to be the case like from listening to no but the problem is why they don't do it is because ultimately it's all going to come back to this nope i want someone dressed up as a dog no no but vince we've got six months of great storytelling here but i want the dog ha ha that's funny shit sure need to work on my vince McMahon impression because that was awful that just sounded (laughs) like my dad it's fine man but yeah it's it's too many cooks it's it's like you know how friends is written to how breaking bad is written you know friends is 10 people sitting around a table going right what are we gonna do and someone goes well i've got this idea and people go okay we could do that but i want this to happen you know, and like you can see, the, as I don't, you know, the TV show Friends. Yeah, I'm assuming you've watched some over the years. I have watched all of the episodes okay. of Friends. There you go. So the first couple of seasons, there's some funny jokes in there because there's four, four to six people right in the show, and then by episode, episode series ten, series eleven or whatever, it's it's not so funny anymore. It's it's just kind of there, and we're rehashing a lot of the same stuff and just oh, pro telling stories. Well, yeah, there needs to be new jokes in pro wrestling. Look, Tex Williams. Is it when you've got? probably some very clever interesting writers working with some very interesting clever talent and freddie prince jr was there <laughs> he might be great we never know we didn't know because he the stuff he was there was crap and he's not there anymore or maybe it wasn't him having the final say is the problem you know because then you've got a producer that comes in and goes oh but we need to do this because this is going to make money and then they have to go to vince and vince goes oh but no this person has to be booked strong because they yeah. make money in merch because he's just looking at merch sales exactly but he's not looking what potentially could make money He's looking at what's making money at that moment, and his short-sightedness maybe is too much, and it just—it's yeah. that process of like there's A to B to C to D comes back to A to C to D, and like imagine Picasso had to ask ten people where should he put this corner? Yeah, but it, <laughs> it, it, it makes it, no sense. there are too many people, but they should, as as we said, if they departmentalize it, because you're going to write regards as long as your stuff's getting on TV, you're going to be happy because you're a writer, you're getting stuff on TV. Sure, getting paid. Through writing scripts from the old A-level and theatre studies days and writing stuff like that and all the drama stuff that I did back in the day. Ah, thespian. If you write... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. If you write write in small groups, but then intermingle those stories, you get a better production. And that's what WWE don't do. But wouldn't you agree when you've been in writing groups, there's always... When there's one prick that doesn't want to do what everyone else wants to do, it's the worst thing in the world. It's frustrating, and you just want to get on with it. And they Wait, did you used to write with me? <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Well, you do a podcast with me. You know the bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, Dasher does Mr. Touchdown's delayed Brett's rope superplex thing and does the it's good pose, obviously leading to something in the future. Because I think there's been history with those two mm-hmm. and everything. Really clever again. And also mentioned as well that, oh, he's he's holding up even longer than Mr. Touchdown would. Yeah, because heel commentary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dasher is just going full Rudo as the match goes on. Determined to prove a point by trying to beat Fire Ant and not the other two ants. Because as they say, he's like, you know, Fire Ant is the Michael Jordan of Shikara at this point or whatever. Uh, I think they said that in commentary. I think Michael yeah. Babe Ruth maybe they used they some Ruth. American reference. Yeah. So a uh, family turmoil comes to a head when Boomer stops Dasher unmasking Fire Ant and Molly McCoy starts to get annoyed with Boomer. She went mental. Yeah. 
it breaks down a fire ant and boomer hatfield and you kind of see what's coming at this point because she has to disappoint his dad uh, a couple of beautiful pin reversals leads to fire ant locking down what he calls the prawn pin like the prawn hold but upside yeah. down into the pinfall really original again for the one two three i'm progressing to the semi-finals of the colony and a call to the nspcc is following <laughs> later this evening for poor boomer yeah because post-match molly mccoy breaks down and gets furious with boomer it's a bit over the top in my opinion but it prompts all props for the commitment yeah you know which prompts dasher to come in and has this amazing line nobody talks like that to my son and the crowd are like oh he's defending his dad nobody but me <laughs> and they're like you dick and i think as well like you say molly mccoy was really a bit ott because she didn't have a stu- didn't have the house mic so i wonder if that was really over it so people would hear it sure yeah it's for me acting uh has to be over the top with pro wrestling um but a little subtlety helps you know In- she was just like it's like it wasn't the smackdown just- entrance theme <laughs> <laughs> just, just like 10% less yeah would have been perfect but she's she's learning she's obviously quite new to the business and stuff you know I'd assume this will flow through to night three because it it's interesting to finish your night with the heartbreak of the family breakdown yeah rather than the colony celebrating going to the semis yeah it's so good so so good you never know with Shikara it could be this could be three years down the line this yeah. comes to a head it could take some time but it feels like they're getting to a moment of a payoff, and I feel like night three is going to have something. Yeah. Remember who's grand champ? Well, exactly. <laughs> so, we are now left for night three, the final night of the trios. We have our final four trios in the colony, the four nations of dominations, the crucible, A, and fist. We've also got our um, king of the high flyers, because my Spanish is terrible. Rey de Voladores, yes. With a. Uh, Alex Zane and the Whisper. Yep, that's the one. And we also have the return of the Tag Team Gauntlet. Amazing. Would you like to know the competitors who we are going to be seeing next week, or do you want to leave it as a nice surprise? Let's save it for night three. I think that's sensible, yeah. Okay. No problem. It's up to you. If you want to do it now, we can. Oh, no. We'll (laughs) we'll save it. We will save it. So, Dash has this beautiful line that he ends the night with. I've got two regrets in life. One is allowing you onto my team for the King of Trios, talking to Boomer. And two, having such a disappointment as a son. You're like, <laughs> oh, wow. This is brutal. This, I mean, sometimes you just see the big show and boss man going, your daddy's a bastard. <laughs> and then your heartstrings go, but then you watch this real emotion. <laughs> A dasher, his performance is outstanding. He casually, immediately strolls to the back after saying this to his own son. The fans start going, not my champ, not my champ. Dasher casually turns around and goes, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, wow. <laughs> this guy, like, strap the rocket to him. Send him to the moon. He's a champ. He's Well, he is the champ. Oh, He's already you, properly Clark. rocket strapped. To be so brave, to unmask that massively over face character yeah and to get him to here it's so clever it's so good but also needed because you need that top level rudo sure sure so the very last thing that happens of the night which i'm assuming is going to lead to something 
is Boomer sitting in the ring looking sad and depressed. Then the Cyberhawk lads come out to console him. The fans chant, Boomer Hawk, Boomer <laughs> Hawk. Like this is some sort of new trio and friendship. Uh, as Boomer embraces the Cyberhawks lads. And I guess this is going to be a thing now, but who knows? We'll find out in night three. And we're out of here. Night two. That was a lot of fun. Four cornflakes for me. It's an easy four. It's getting five. Oh, man. If it can, I, I may be giving a, a, a legit, not humorous, five cornflake rating next next show. Sure. If uh, I have to say fives for almost perfection. And there was a couple of bits. It was like, eh, a little botch here, a little thing I'd change here maybe, but yeah. so minor. If I was attending this show, oh, my Lord, that is worth every penny. I would have spent all my money on merch. Yeah. I'm so happy we decided to do these Shikara shows. I was on four hours sleep yesterday after doing three or four kind of 16, 17 hour editing shifts. I was beyond tired. And this had me laughing, had me em- emotional, like... I was watching this in my daughter's room at four o'clock this morning yeah. while she, well, whilst I was supposed to be sitting still on a chair. I was like, I've really badly hurt my shoulder. I can't mm. sleep. I'm really uncomfortable. Also, the heating's not on. She's under a nice comfy duvet. I'm sat in my shorts and I forgot to bring a hoodie in. So I've got really hard nipples. I'm going to hope my phone gives me some <laughs> natural warmth. Radiation warmth of sorts, yeah. But did you have a good time? Um, despite being incredibly fatigued, I was like, yes, I look forward to returning to my professional job where no one's in the office day, so I watch the rest of it at my desk. Isn't magic, pro wrestling magic, they can do that too. I mean, dealing with multi-million pound deals going badly whilst watching great professional wrestling, mixing your real world and your day job together. <laughs> what a treat. I love Shikara. I need to watch more of it. I wish I had t- more time to watch it, to be honest. That's the thing, isn't it? Can you imagine ten years ago if we had the level of income we had now, and not the and, but then the amount of time we had back in the day? I mean, sure. I would have never met my wife, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> and I would have eaten a lot more takeaways. If these young, <laughs> yeah, sure. If these uh, streaming services were available for the quality they were at when we were younger, like yeah, I don't think I would have ever left my house. Yeah, because the amount of pro wrestling that's out there nowadays, like you think that you could it, what do you could do twenty four hours a day of pro wrestling easy. Well, that's why we've got the network and the schedule of all their programming. Can I also say that we use Cage Match a lot, or at least I do, for looking up matches and attendances and stuff like this all the time. I always check Cage Match before this. I looked up how many shows were input onto Cage Match just for this one day. And I, I think it came out as 57. That's insane. How do they keep that website updated? Because they are amazing. Just give cagematch.net a shout out because they're awesome. That's where... That's where... Um Steve Venom from Pro Wrestling All-Stars sent me the link to the card that they had, which I was doing commentary on, the Catcher Rama 2019, yeah. which is a list of all the people and all the people who took part. I love Cage Match. It's the best website ever. How they keep that updated with every professional wrestling show ever in existence is bonkers. People who spend a lot of time not leaving their house, watching a lot of wrestling and leaving <laughs> a lot of takeaways. <laughs> Hopefully they get paid for it, because I feel like it's a hobby. Yeah. Because it's not like much advertising on that site or anything. And I think they get a lot of hits, but I don't know how they make money from it. Greatest thing ever when realizing that some of my matches were mentioned on Cage Match and Jax really? Williams is in there. And I'm like, I'm on Cage Match. Nice, not a link to a profile, but that's fine. <laughs> you can make one, I guess. Yeah, I'm a bit busy <laughs> eating takeaway and watching wrestling. <laughs> someone make a, a tax a profile on Cage Match. Just do it. No, but yeah, someone make me a Wikipedia page with that and my music career in inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is awesome. Really absolutely good. go watch shikara kids genuinely and again seven day free trial if you haven't signed up before yeah should we leave it there yeah oh 
if you've got an, if you've got Amazon Prime, you can watch season twenty up to I think about July time on there. If you've got Amazon Prime, you can watch it on there. Excellent. I am fanboy rich on Twitter and Instagram. I am at the Tex Williams on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can check out some of my work. We've recently released an SCPW match of Jack Voltage and Just Invincible, so my commentary is on there. Watch Turnbuckle TV to watch my debut show with Pro Wrestling All-Stars, Catcharama 2019. I'm Se- check that out. Seriously, amazing promotion who are putting links up on their promotion website as as we are affiliates of them, so they are putting our links up on their wrestling website Aww, as partners. So that's lovely, lovely people. Thank you very um, much. And obviously, shout out to all my colleagues and associates at SEPW. Their next show is on the 8th of December, Hawkins Community Centre. All the proceeds from that show are going to Pilgrim's Hospice. So, fantastic evening of wrestling. I'll be there. 4FW, junior heavyweight title on the line. RJ Singh against Meathead. Yep. They also just announced uh, Coach Wicked versus Will Power as well. The last one I did was kind of World of Sports style and I loved it. So, that's this great. This is going to be amazing. Both of these guys, I mean, obviously you've seen Coach Wicked now he's doing his PT bits like he's in the best shape of his life. But Will Power, Jesus Christ, he has put in so much work and this is going to be this is gonna steal the night for me. World of Wrestling Podcast.com, World of Rest Pod on Twitter, World of Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a shout, suggest a show. Buy a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, Amazon.co.uk. Search World of Wrestling Podcast or just look on the click on the link on the website, World of Wrestling Podcast.com. I miss Hello Wicked. Ah, oh, me too. Yeah, missing from this show, but hopefully it'll be on night three. Yeah, let's get him to a get, get him to the big show. Absolutely. Hang on, big show's retired, right? No, bad joke. <laughs> bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, bye.